Hey guys, welcome to The Messy Table, which we like to say is an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's always at work in our mess. And as you already know, there's plenty of mess in the world right now. But let's be honest, this isn't new or news. It's basically the overarching theme and the underlying story of the entire Bible from beginning to end, generation to generation. So do not forget God's at work in the mess. Well, my name is Jen Jewell, and I have the honor of hosting this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a fresh new episode into your speakers, your headphones, your AirPods every other Tuesday. And back with me today for another powerful conversation is my good friend and co-host, Amy Groeschel. So this podcast is actually partnered with the women of our church, Life Church, because we just absolutely love it. But within that, our heart is big time for the local and global church, which is God's imperfect yet chosen vessel in which to shine His love and share His truth. And we think it's so important and critical that we're not just listening to a podcast or sermon every now and then, but getting plugged into an actual Bible teaching church, wherever you are and whatever that looks like for you. So clearly times are weird right now. If you're not able to meet at a physical church right now for whatever reason, whether it's COVID or you live somewhere where there isn't an actual physical church, we totally get it and no judgment here, but we also wanna remind all of us to not stay isolated. No, the church isn't a building, it's the people, and we are hands down better together. So like I mentioned, we are partnered with our church, but we also just love to lock arms with amazing women from all over the world. So if you missed it, our last episode was fascinating and so exciting to hear Jill Sanders' perspective. She's a missionary in a remote mountain village in Papua New Guinea, where her family and small team have spent years learning the language, translating the Bible, teaching literacy. And now for the very first time, they have started to share the story of God. And the episode before that was an honest, super helpful, beautiful conversation about racism, justice, and the heart of God. So if you missed either of those, be sure to go back. And y'all, times might be weird, but we are not stopping there. Today, we are hearing from one of the most dynamic women with a huge heart, which just rivals her super lovable personality. And she also has the most contagious smile. So Deidre Smith has actually been on staff at Life Church for 16 years, and she's passionate about loving and advocating for children and youth, especially those who've been abused or rejected or overlooked or abandoned, because unfortunately, she knows what that's like. Guys, wherever you are and whatever your story, this conversation with Deidre will absolutely enrich your life. So grab that coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Deidre. Deidre, welcome to the messy table. Thank you, Jen. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Listen, I need everyone to know if you have ever heard or streamed a live church message, then I promise you've heard Deidre's voice because she is front and center hooping and hollering and amening and girl, I love it. When I am sitting in Broken Arrow listening to the message and I hear you, I always lean over to Derek and I'm like... Deidre. It's great. <laughs> Deidre, that is no joke. And we are so excited to have you and let everyone know a little bit of your story behind those amazing whoops and praise. <laughs> uh, just like Craig recently preached about the enthusiasm that we can have in Christ and you overflow. And so uh, I know our listeners want to hear just a little bit about who you are initially, just a peek into who this right. en- enthusiastic woman is. <laughs> Well, like you mentioned, my name is Deidre, <laughs> and I grew up Pentecostal. Oh, come All on. Right. Uh, so. So surprised. Yeah. So Church of God in Christ. So you're, you're toning it down, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So God, you better be like, I don't bring my tambourine. <laughs> but it would be awesome if you I'm did. I'm a shofar. <laughs> yes. Ooh, yes. Listen, man. Sometimes Craig, he'll hit a really good one. I'm like, don't let me Jericho march up in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Everybody needs a Deidre. Yeah, my family is like, my aunts and uncles, Christmas or Thanksgiving, it's just like, Somebody will say something good, and it's like, it just turns into a message. And we're like, yeah, man, that's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, you should hang out with my family. Church sometime. all the time. That's right. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's right. so good. 
I have a big extended family, but I'm actually an only child. Mm. My mom, um, ironically, you'll understand why I'm saying ironically soon. But ironically, my mom met my dad at church. And uh, anyway, I love to scare people. What? If I walk in the room and somebody's back is to me, I'm probably going to sneak up on them. And I hate Uh, that. I hate it. I'm so glad you told me that. I'm glad that hasn't happened because you've been around a long time. And I just want to say I adore you. I think everybody at Life Church adores Deidre. You are like the beloved, I don't know, mascot. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That was amazing. I don't know. Okay. I was just going to say Aunt Deidre. (laughs) (laughs) The beloved sister to us all. The mascot. The mascot. Well, (laughs) with all the enthusiasm. So uh, Mm. tell us like about your Life Church journey. Mm. Yeah. So um, I walked in, actually before I walked in, <clears throat> and this is why I'm so passionate about inviting people to church, is because I'm here because of an invite. Mm. So I was in the mortgage business, and there's a guy named Bart Terrell, who I worked with, who every week would just bring invite cards to work and put them on our desks. Mm. And I'd read them, and honestly, initially, I would throw them away. Because I grew up Pentecostal, I was getting invited to this non-denominational church, and I was like... Hmm. Just all transparency. Hmm. At that point, I was hmm. like, non-denominational people ain't going to heaven. Like, what? Going to what? Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't come. And so finally was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go check this church out. Like he was just so passionate. And so I came and of course I'm dressed up and I mm-hmm. walked in um, at what is now the OKC campus. And I remember saying like, where's your sanctuary? And somebody was like, oh, it's in there. I looked in and I was like, no, that's the youth room. <laughs> Where's the sanctuary? Where's that's the funny. pews and the same glass? But I remember how nice people were. And it was a little off-putting because I walked in and people had shorts on and flip-flops on. And I was like, what is this place? And I go in and people have donuts and coffee. And I'm like, okay. do we need to like call a deacon in here? Like, <laughs> is this Listen, okay? I'd be on board with the donuts. So. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking around. And then I remember Bruss was the mm-hmm. uh, worship pastor. I remember the very last song he sang was Anointing Fall on Me. Mm. And I knew that song. And oh, oh sorry. Oh, it's so weird. Like I felt home mm. even in that moment. And Pastor Greg didn't even start preaching yet. Mm. Wow. Um, but people were so nice and the worship was so great. And then Pastor Greg came out and preached. And I couldn't tell you what he preached about that day. Mm. But I definitely felt like he was preaching right to me. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it was so good. And anyway, so here's a little more irony to that whole story. So I grew up Pentecostal. And then, of course, I was single, was waiting for my youth pastor husband to fall from the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Because I felt like God was calling me into vocational ministry. But back then, any woman that was doing anything was somebody's wife, Mm -hmm. pastor's wife, Mm -hmm. bishop's wife, deacon's wife, somebody's wife. Mm -hmm. And while I was waiting... I met a guy, so I was in the car business actually before I was in the mortgage business, met a guy and so then backslid, moved in with him, living in sin, then got in the mortgage business. And quite frankly, I was actually living in sin when Bart invited me to church. Mm. But Mm. even then, I remember how God was chasing me Mm -hmm. Um, and just his love for me. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't stopped. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Like I basically turned my back on him and still he chased me. Mm. Um, but I came to Life Church. I couldn't tell you what Pastor Crick preached that very first Sunday, but I started coming periodically. I wasn't coming every week. And then Pastor Craig did a series, Growing to the Chapel. I remember mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Where he had the couple in, like, in the bed. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So I came to that message. I was, at the time, I was living with my boyfriend. Wow. And so then he was like, who wants to recommit your life to Christ? And my hand was like, right here. And I remember where I was sitting. Mm. And yeah, mm. I went back home, if you will. And I was like, okay. We can't do this anymore. We got to get married or I, I got to move. And then, of course, he was like, that place is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember having, the, I mean, it was a knock out. What is it? Knock down, drag out. Yeah. yeah. I think you got it. We fought for hours, yeah. hours. But I was like, no, like, hmm. God changed my life. Hmm. Um, and it's crazy because I, like I mentioned, I grew up in church, but like at my old church, not to take anything away from how I grew up, but like. They were really good, but they weren't always applicable. And so 
the difference that I found when I came to Life Church was that every message was applicable. Like mm-hmm. I could literally mm-hmm. apply it to my day-to-day yeah. life. And so I just began to have a deeper hunger for God's word. Um, so did that relationship with your boyfriend kind of dissipate? Oh, Oh, yeah. It was over. For sure. Yeah. Moved out. Okay. You know, typical, like, moved out, but then was still dating him. You're right. <laughs> just yeah. to be, just to be complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but then in the meantime, I was like, how else can I be a part of what we're doing? When I served in Life Kids, I served in youth. I served, we called it the welcome team back then. I served everywhere. So mm-hmm. I just was like, I'm yeah. all in. Yeah. And so I was everywhere all the time. And the crazy part, I wasn't looking to work here. I was making good money in the mortgage business, Mm -hmm. but I loved, I mean, I remember our office was in what is now a Chesapeake building, but I'd get off work and I'd come straight here and whatever we needed. And I remember Andy, who was here, he'd call me at work and be like, hey, we got some new youth leaders for you to onboard. And yeah, it it was weird because I felt like I already worked here, but like, does that make sense? Yeah, Mm -hmm. you were so involved. So fast forward. Oh, yeah. So fast forward. I've been attending for 18 years on staff for 16 years. Amazing. Yeah, and God God has continued to just grow me closer to him Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. every day. Um, Every time I think I know him. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it's like, I learned more. Same. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like onions. Like, when are we going to get, you yeah. know, never. Until we right. get to the other side. But, right. but yeah, just learning about our father just so much. Um, it's beautiful. And I love that you can't hardly even talk about it without coming to tears. And I know that you're an ESTJ, <laughs> so you're not typically a big feeler, but he's yes. done so much in oh, you. Oh, my gosh. I think the thing for me, and I'll talk more about it or I can talk about it now is just the love that he has for me. Like I I think I think on some level I feel undeserved mm-hmm. of his love and the love that he I just I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how much he loves me. Like I you know I know it, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm just overwhelmed mm-hmm. by what he does for me, how he loves me, how he's with me. And I love Jesus, but I mess up every day. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I cut somebody off in traffic on the way here. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, every day I sin and I fall short of the glory of God. And he still, like, loves me and forgives me. And Mm -hmm. my passion, of course, is to just be a great reflection of him. And I want to be pleasing to him. And just still, like, no matter what, Mm -hmm. his love for me. If someone's listening to that right now and just thinking, man, that's beautiful. Like, that's available for you. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. For all of us. The door is open. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. The door is wide open. So in a nutshell, (laughs) I'm still single and I am the central team leader of our staff kids uh, ministry. And what that is, is we're not child care. We are child development. And so we are actually actively developing the next generation of leaders. We're developing them Mm -hmm. academically, spiritually, and emotionally Mm -hmm. because we recognize that these kids one day will be in ministry, Mm -hmm. one million percent. And so we're Mm -hmm. excited to um, challenge them through their whole journey, whether it's in elementary school, middle school, high school, college. We want them to be the leader in the room. We want them to be the opinion leader to lead their friends to Christ, Mm -hmm. not their friends leading them Mm. Now, you've been in a billion roles. So what other (laughs) roles have you been in over the years? So oddly enough, every role has been with 18 and under. Okay. So I started off as a youth admin, then associate youth pastor, next gen coordinator, life kids pastor. Then I was both Mm. at Rio Rancho. And then I was ACP. And then now I am central team leader of staff kids. So oh, everything's wow. been yeah. live kids or yeah, switch. You've been kids. in multiple locations, yeah. multiple yes. states. Oh, all yes. Over. <laughs> yeah. All over. Well, that's amazing. And I can't wait to dive in more and just for people to hear more of your story. Mm. Um, before we kind of dive into all that, and we've had this conversation scheduled for a while now, so it's kind of interesting. We were talking about the timing mm-hmm. before we hit record. So much has transpired over the past month or so. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a long narrative that has been building up and has escalated lately. But mm-hmm. I would just love for you to speak to the fact 
that you are a woman of color in America mm-hmm. that has grown up here mm-hmm. and just your experiences. And really, I know it's hard to do in a nutshell because we're not doing a whole episode on this right now, but what you want others to know from your perspective and from God's heart. Mm. Um, well, I'll start with my experiences. And really, 99% of my experiences have been really great. I really believe God has just protected me. However, recently, it's relatively recently. So when I was in Rio Rancho, I would drive back and forth to Oklahoma mm-hmm. on I-40 by myself. Right. Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Yes. And on one of those trips, I was driving to get to Oklahoma from New Mexico. You've got to drive through Texas. Well, I was driving through one of the smaller towns in Texas and I got pulled over. And typically when I get pulled over, it's a typical the officer gets out, use your license and registration, and I mm-hmm. give it to him. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's my best friend. So I'm like, yeah. hi, officer, how are you doing? Yeah. And sometimes I get warnings and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to work that woo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this time was very different than any time I experienced. Because both officers jumped out, hands on their weapons. They were peeking in the car. And for the very first time, I was legitimately afraid because I was by myself and I wasn't in either one of my home states. Mm -hmm. And just all these thoughts began going through my mind. And, of course, immediately I was like, okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray protection over myself. And one of the officers finally, this officer on my side, the other officer was still looking in the car this officer came and was like, license and registration on And I was typically like, mm-hmm. hi, license and registration. Okay. So, you know, then I'm like getting it and handing it to him. And quite frankly, I turned my phone on because I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so crazy because I've never, um, admittedly, I don't drive slowly. So I get pulled over often. Mm-hmm. Like I know our officers by name. Mm-hmm. Were you speeding at this time? Yes. yes. Okay. I was speeding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then they went back. And then the, when he came back to the window, he was a lot more, he it was never kind, but he was less threatening, if that makes sense. Yes. And so I don't know if they thought I was someone else or what, but I would have appreciated if he would have said, hey, we think you're this other person or something. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. was just like nothing. And they were back They had all of my information for a really long time. And so I just was like, okay, Jesus, you got this. And I had Mm -hmm. my dogs in the car and just waited. And anyway, of course, I got a ticket. I I deserved a ticket. (laughs) But um, that was the first time that I just legitimately was like hands on weapons. And I'm like just a little Detroit just driving through Texas, you know. Little teeny thing. (laughs) But mighty. Small but mighty. Let me just be clear. And so what I want people to know is I think on some level, um, and I actually had a great conversation with the team that I lead. Mm -hmm. I think on some level, when people say, man, I don't understand, I would challenge people to say, think back to that time where you've been judged or maybe abused or mistreated because of how you look. Maybe not necessarily for the color of your skin, but maybe if you're overweight or you are too short or you're too tall Mm -hmm. or you're have a different hair color or you... We've all had Mm -hmm. those moments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of us have. Mm -hmm. And so take that and that will allow you to have empathy and go, oh, Mm -hmm. because as I said with my team, every woman on my team shared, no matter what their color, they were like, oh yeah, let me tell you about this time. And Mm -hmm. so just for us to seek to understand everyone around us. I have a woman on my team who is from Iran Mm -hmm. who shared... Um, I have a woman on my team who is from India who shared. Mm. And so right now, it's definitely in this specific season, it seems like the race relation specifically to African-Americans, it's definitely at the forefront. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that there aren't people suffering from all races. Sure. Um, and so I think the main thing I want people to take away is seek to understand people around you, no matter who they are. And I think once we understand each other, I think that's really the the number one symptom. Like I grew up with a menagerie of different people. Mm-hmm. And so that's who I grew up with. So Where'd you not, grow up? I grew up right here in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And so graduated from PC North, mm-hmm. went to UCO, went to OU. And so I had a menagerie of people that 
that I interacted with. Mm -hmm. And so there aren't any people that I haven't been around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think typically when we see a level of racism, it's, it's really the core of it is people just don't understand. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I don't understand that. So I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. stay away from it. Now that's the practical side of it. The spiritual side of it is we have to remember who the enemy is, who Mm -hmm. the real enemy is, who comes to steal, kill, destroy. Mm -hmm. He comes to divide. He comes after relationships. And it's Mm -hmm. not lost on me that during COVID, during the lockdown, that relationships were attacked. Mm -hmm. And then this is just another attack on relationships. Mm -hmm. And so what is it? Divide and conquer. Mm. So if we're at odds with each other, it's going to be easier to take people out. And so we have to, especially for those of us who call ourselves Christ followers, Mm -hmm. we cannot get distracted by all the other things. We have to remember that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. We wrestle. It is spiritual wickedness. And we fight Mm -hmm. that through prayer, through Mm -hmm. fasting, through being in God's word, through speaking the truth to those of us around us. And quite frankly, calling out our Christian sisters and brothers. Mm -hmm. That's so good. That's really great. I love it. And I definitely don't want to oversimplify a complex issue, but Jesus died for all. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yes, Deidre, thank you for sharing just your thoughts, your heart. And as a a white American, I feel like there's so much that I need to learn. Mm. And I think this is just like COVID has been a time of shaking Mm. for us and our culture and an awakening that there is an awakening Mm. for many of us that were unaware and and didn't have the empathy that we needed for, like you're saying, for all people, but specifically Mm. now for Mm. uh, the black community and And I'm thankful for it. I'm humbled by it because I just thought, well, this isn't an issue. I don't have any racism and I don't know anybody who does. And but I was just unaware Mm -hmm. that of so many that have a different experience Mm -hmm. than myself. And and so um, I just appreciate your heart and your love as you have expressed just so, so well that we do need to just understand each other and, and, mm-hmm. and the enemy and the relational need and the enemies after us. And um, yep. so I appreciate you just being so gracious in that. And I wholeheartedly agree. Well, Deidre, God is good. And I can tell that his love and his goodness has just invaded your life. <laughs> we know that that didn't come without seasons of great hardship because that's how the world's set mm. up. We have a lot of brokenness. We mm. This is a messy table. We want to hear some of the journeys and the wilderness and the the stories that have made you the mighty Deidre that you Mm. are. So what has God brought you through that you want to share with our listeners today? Man, what has God not brought me through, right? (laughs) So for those of you that don't know, uh, my father sexually abused me until I was eight years old. Um, And then my parents, obviously, they got a divorce. And and let me unpack that. So they got a divorce and then I ne- I didn't see him again. I saw him at my grandfather's funeral when I was 14 and then I haven't seen him since. But weirdly enough, the abuse was awful, but the, the feeling of abandonment and rejection was harder mm. than the sexual abuse itself, mm. which I discovered in counseling. And wow. let me just say, go to counseling. <laughs> it's amazing. Come on. <laughs> awesome. Um, my and counselor, this was your biological father. This is my biological father. Did and your, like I mentioned, I, when I began earlier, I was like, ironically, my mom yes. met him at church. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Now, did your mom know about the abuse that was going so on? So when she discovered it is when they got a divorce. Okay. And so he was physically abusive to her as well. Mm. So wow. it was, and like I mentioned, I was the only child. So I mm. felt that was kind of the beginning of just starting to feel lonely mm. because when you are being abused and you're keeping these secrets Mm. that typically alienates you. That's another thing I learned in counseling. The, one of the things I typically do, um, and I'm growing through it. I did it a lot more in my early twenties and I tended to keep people at arm's length. Mm -hmm. And so, and frankly, I struggle still a little bit. I try to be really intentional and I've got a community in my life that calls me out. It's another thing. Have people in your life that will tell you the truth, even when it hurts. Because if they're not telling you, if everything they're telling you is pleasant to your ears, Mm -hmm. then you need to find somebody. And you're not growing. That's awesome. No. Not at all. Say that Mm -hmm. again. (laughs) Can you please? (laughs) Everybody in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in your life is telling you things that are pleasant to your ears. They are the wrong 
you need some additional voices. I don't want to say they're the wrong voices, but Mm -hmm. you need additional voices in your life with people that are telling you the hard to hear truth. It's great. And of course it would be in love if they are people who you can love and trust. For sure. Yes. But I Mm. often talk to people who are like, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. No. Step on toes. Sure. Because mm-hmm. this is not a game. This is eternity. As Proverbs 27, 17, it's iron sharpens iron. Yes. So a friend sharpens a friend. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing. Sometimes when you're getting sharpened, mm-hmm. you're going to get cut. There's sparks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sparks. That's good. Yeah. There's sparks. And and if my blade isn't as sharp, I'm going to get cut. Mm-hmm. And it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. from a friend can be trusted. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. So, like I mentioned, my father sexually abused me until I was eight years old. And, you know, I knew on some level it wasn't right, but I didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially so in the earlier years, four and five and six and seven. Because this is someone you're supposed to be able to trust. That is the number one yeah. point. Yeah. The person who was designed to mm-hmm. be my protector, to be my provider, mm-hmm. exposed me to things I never should have been exposed to. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I'm so my my mom walked in, thankfully, and caught him. And mm. that that was the beginning of the end. Mm. And I'm so thankful. And I'm sure God allowed her to um, find that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, there are, quite frankly, some things that I've blocked out. I haven't and we haven't. Um, some things, of course, we've explored in counseling, but some things that you don't want to have to. Yeah, we live. Right. Yeah. Praise yes. God for not remembering and that protection. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. But you were you were a baby. So yes. that makes me yeah. sad and mad and yeah. all the feelings rolled into one. And I struggled with it for a long time. Like I mentioned, I grew up in church and I was going to church, but I was struggling because I couldn't understand why God would cause that mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. And so for years, I mean, I went through a period where I just outright hated God. Mm-hmm. I was just done. Mm-hmm. That was my backsliding period. Like, why would I you just, let this happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe not even cause, but let. Yeah. Well, so, okay. so I, in my mind, I thought he caused it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then when I grew up and understood, like, obviously the enemy causes that. Yeah. yeah. The enemy, but God allowed it to happen. And I didn't realize I didn't feel like God had reconciled that in me until I was in the middle of a village in Honduras. So I had already been here Mm -hmm. at Life Church, and years ago we would do like short-term mission trips uh, to various cities. And we went to Tegucigalpa, Honduras, in probably 2005 or 2006, and we had a little prayer room. And so we would go up to the prayer room and we would pray for the, the villagers and it was my turn to go up and pray. And I'm praying for the villagers. And just while I was up there, I'm sure something sparked a memory. And I remember just going, God, why, 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 why? And I remember so clearly, um, I remember him speaking to me and saying, because I knew what you would become. Mm-hmm. And essentially what I got from that is he knew I would survive and he knew what I would become, which I unofficially call myself an advocate mm-hmm. for kids. Praise yeah. God. And you a lot are, of, yeah, a lot of my officially call me that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> exactly. My, my kids call me Mama D. I don't have any like bio kids, but I've got, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't throw a rock across the street. <laughs> I one of my, one of my spiritual kids. Praise God. Truly, you are able to love those kids in a way that maybe others mm-hmm. aren't who are distracted by their own families or whatever. It truly is a, mm-hmm. a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. Yes. It really is. Yes. I always tell my kids, I love them. I love you like I gave birth to you. Wow. <laughs> Praise God. But yes, yeah, so that happened in Honduras. And that was just the beginning um, like we were talking about the layers of onions. That was the beginning of my freedom then. And then after that, um, I read a book called Captivating, mm. which, oh, man, I read that book. And then I, like, bought a couple cases of them. And I was just handing them out to people. Mm. <laughs> you by the Eldridge's. Yes. <laughs> yes. That helped me understand our Heavenly Father, because typically when you have a relationship with God, because we're human and our human brains, we're trying to reconcile a lot of times the attributes kind of that we imagine God has are attributes that we see in our own bio father. Right. And so mm-hmm. it was really hard for me 
to reconcile that. And I'm like, okay, you love me, but like, what do you want from me? Like, Mm -hmm. uh." Mm -hmm. and um, I remember while I was reading Captivating, I literally remember sitting on the bed reading the book and felt like God was telling me, you're holding me at arm's length. Mm -hmm. And I need you to let me in. And I was like, I'm not ready. And he just welcomed me in, um, in a way that I can't even unpack with words. Yeah. Um, He kept chasing you. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that was just another step Mm -hmm. to his chasing me and his Mm -hmm. love for me. Mm -hmm. Um, How did that affect your relationship with other people? Ooh, that's a good question. It helped me love other people in a greater way because I always want to be a reflection of him. And mm-hmm. so I, I, uh, sorry, I know what it feels like to be overlooked or rejected. And I never want anybody to feel like that. Mm-hmm. And so my prayer, even to this day, my prayer every day is that everybody that I make eye contact with I pray that they feel loved by him mm-hmm. and they feel they experience his presence mm-hmm. wow. um, as a result of just interacting with me. That it's not about me at all, Mm-mm. but I am just a reflection of my father. Right, but it's Thanks in God. you. Like they literally, yes. when you make a move to love them, it's mm-hmm. the father loving mm-hmm. them. Yes. Which it blows me away that he even chooses to use yes. broken, imperfect oh my people gosh. like us. Yes. So I don't want to categorize like that was one messy situation and here's another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, They're probably but all as interconnected, I, but yeah, right. oh, for sure. And so as I continue to grow, um, probably I think it was like 2012. I was just struggling in ministry, like just nothing was clicking. Um, it was just a really weird season for me in ministry, and I honestly started questioning my calling. Like, mm. am I really called to do this? Like. Um, and at that point, of course, I'd gone through Kazone. I knew I knew what my calling was. But I think on some level, I was just struggling and um, felt like I should do a 30 day fast. And so I did a 30 day fast. And let me tell y'all, let me this is bananas. <laughs> and so I used to eat terrible. I had Doritos for breakfast, Cheetos for oh, lunch, man. Oreos for dinner. Oh, my word. If I were <laughs> single, that would be my diet, I'm sure. <laughs> So I had done, of course, Daniel fast before, but paleo was kind of coming onto the scene. And so I felt led to do a paleo fast, which is meat, veggies, fruit, and nuts. And I know sugar or bread. (laughs) And so I felt like I was like, don't tell anybody. And I'm like, you know, I work in an open office environment, right, God? So like people are going to see me. They're going to ask. Where are the Doritos? Yeah. Yeah. That looks like a salad. He was like, don't tell anybody. And I'm like, okay. And I kid you not. You want to see the power of God. I'm sitting like eating salads and no, for 30 days, no one asked me. <laughs> like, Hello. <laughs> yeah. If people listening could see my face right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I mean, let's be honest. I kind of low-key wanted them to ask. Yeah. Like, look at me. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah. See the salad? <laughs> Do you notice? <laughs> but not one yeah. person asked. And so, and here's what I loved about the fact it felt like I was on vacation. Like I was felt like I was on the spiritual vacation with my heavenly father. Wow. Hmm. Like great. towards the end of the fast, I was like, I don't want it to be over. Like I, let's mm-hmm. be honest, I'm one of some cake, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> it just, I can't even explain it to you. And I'm actually going to read you. We've all read Ephesians three, but it was like, I was reading it for the very first time. Mm. And here's what I read in the NLT version, Ephesians 3:14 through the end says this. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And I'm telling you, God changed my life that day. And it's crazy Mm. because I love Jesus and I was a Christ follower. Mm -hmm. But 
something changed that day. And as I was reading in Ephesians, Paul, I want to say it's in Ephesians 1, how Paul talks about that he wants us to understand. And he also addresses it here. I mean, we understand and experience God's love. But while I was reading that, I was experiencing it. Mm. And on a level that I had never experienced it before. And I remember like the presence of God was so powerful in that world where I couldn't even... I remember I couldn't look up. I was just like head down. Like just this power was so in a way that I've just, I had never experienced his presence mm. before. Um, I can't even explain it to you. And let me tell you, that is my prayer for every woman listening. May you understand it's all God's people should hide away the depth and length of our Father's love. Mm-hmm. And I love in there where it says he'll make his home in your heart. Yeah. Not that he'll make his office in your heart. Yeah. He won't make Target in your heart. He'll make his home where he's yeah. kicking his shoes off and yeah. he's relaxing. Mm-hmm. He's, he's comfortable mm-hmm. in our hearts. And that's what happened to me on that 25th day of that fast. Wow. And the other thing I'll tell women is... Get in the word, yes. get in God's word and fast mm-hmm. and, oh, am I, you know, I can't, I've got whatever right. medical we, yeah. concerns. We don't so talk many. enough about fasting and we don't do it enough because I think it's hard to understand. But you're saying just do it. Just go yeah. for it. Just do it. Just do it. It's a for spiritual me, practice. Like, Every time I look back on a significant spiritual growth in my life, it has happened during a fast. Yeah. Million percent. Mm-hmm. Um, every time, like in January, we typically will do a fast as a church uh, for 21 days. And I always see significant growth. And that's mm-hmm. where like either I'll see something in God's word that I hadn't seen before or I will experience some new level Mm-hmm. of our father in the middle of that fast. And, and if you've got dietary issues, it doesn't necessarily have yeah, to be sure. food. Right. Yeah. Or it could be one, you know, like you said, sugar, like certain yeah. things that yeah. you, it doesn't yeah. have to be a full fast where you're not eating at all. Exactly. Yes. Maybe, hey, I'm going to fast soda for 30 days or I'm going to yeah. fast, but it's got to hurt. Like we're not going to be fasting cauliflower. Because <laughs> <laughs> our heart has to be receptive to what he's trying to tell us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to kind of feel that to yield. Yes. Maybe. Yes. And as we're fasting, we've got to make sure we are either limiting or not even engaging in social media or TV. We've got to eliminate those distractions so that we can truly. Otherwise you just replace it with something else unhealthy. (laughs) Exactly. So we can truly make ourselves available to hear from our father. Because if I can fast for 30 days, but then I'm sitting and watching TV. Mm Mm-hmm. And what good does that do? But if I'm truly like if I'm fasting something, maybe I'm fasting soda and that 10 minutes a day that I would normally be drinking a soda. Mm -hmm. I want to be in God's word or I just want to be sitting in his presence for that 10 minutes Mm -hmm. or whatever that looks like. Just waiting to hear from him. Mm -hmm. That's good. Deidre, you spoke about that community Mm -hmm. of relationship that you have. Mm -hmm. Like, have they been in your life for a long time to where they've seen these changes or like who now would say, I've walked with Deidre for a long time and I've seen these changes in her. What would they be saying on this podcast about Mm. um, just about the difference they saw? Because that revelation of God's love that you had on that fast, I just know I have some friends that I've walked with that I've seen like something's different about you Mm. or people seeing this difference of the love of God revealed more deeply in your life and and taking note of that. That's a good question. I I'm sure, but to be quite honest, back in 2012, when this specific, um, during the specific time of fasting, I was still at a point where I was holding people at arm's length, mm. to wow. be quite frank. Okay. Yeah. And so it's only been, gosh, honestly, when I got to rearrange was when I really started. And I had friends and, you mm-hmm. know, accountability yeah. partners so I could check the mark off. Yeah. But I wasn't being really You're holding open. Back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That last 2%. Yeah. Now, oh. I am. talk to us about that. Yeah. Oh, so the last two percent is that that stuff that you just don't want any like. Yeah. Either, it's either shame or whatever where you're holding back, and it's like it's the non messy part, mm-hmm. if you will. So if this was called 
the perfect table podcast, mm-hmm. I'd tell you the 98 percent. Mm-hmm. But this is the messy table podcast. And it's where we get messy mm-hmm. with those women in our lives and go, hey, this is a hard. Yeah. Thing. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this sucks or I'm mad about this or I'm sad about this. Or I know that I shouldn't be mad about this, but I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I don't just have one accountability partner. Mm-hmm. I got like eight. Awesome. <laughs> it takes a village. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It takes a village to hold me accountable. But, um, <laughs> but I've got, again, I've got feelers. I've got thinkers. My feelers cry with me. But my thinkers are like, listen, mm-hmm. get your life right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, get yourself together. You yes. know you're wrong or whatever it is. Well, I was asking, because it's interesting to me, Deidre, that I find this very true, and and this is insightful from what you shared, that before we can really stop holding others at Mm. arm's length and let them in and let them love us and and love them back, really, you can't do that without that revelation of God's Mm -hmm. love, right? You have to first get that. You know, part of your story, you mentioned just briefly about a loneliness. Mm. and yes. I would think that is magnified when you haven't let people in mm-hmm. because you, you've got community around you. You've got girlfriends around you. You've got accountability around you, but you're not mm-hmm. really all the way letting them in. Yes. So how did it go from you understanding God's love in a great way to letting people in? And what did that look like regarding loneliness? That's a great question. So one of my friends... Marcy, who used to work here, mm-hmm. um, she, <laughs> she is really good about pulling it out of you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amen to that. She's not going to let anything slide. <laughs> <laughs> and so for years, tell me, tell me, like, what's happening? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't. I would just kind of little, little pieces here and there, like, here you go, here you go. And real enough to satisfy mm-hmm. her, but <laughs> yeah. maybe not all the way, not the 2%. <laughs> yes. And after I had this revelation and counseling, I realized that, guess what? People aren't going to reject because at the end of the day, and I actually in counseling understood why I was afraid to let people in. And the core of it was I didn't want to be rejected hmm. because like I mentioned, the abandonment of my father was worse than the abuse, but that was tied along with the rejection and there. And I felt like if I wasn't perfect Mm -hmm. and I could have you guys here till sunset talking about all the ways where I've tried to be this achiever and I've tried to, I've got to be number one and I've got to be the perfect person. Mm -hmm. So I won't get rejected because if I do all these things and people will like me for all the things that I bring and all the things that I do, Mm -hmm. not for who I am. And so are you a three um, on the Enneagram? Oh, an eight. Okay. I'm a challenger. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Which threes and eights sometimes get. Yeah. People think it's one when it's the other. Anyway, mm, yeah. Yeah. Going. And I could very well be a three. Yeah. But I think I've definitely grown past that for sure. Yeah. Because now, just a really quick side note, like um, during the lockdown, I let my friends in and used to, if my house wasn't perfectly clean, mm-hmm. nobody was coming in. Mm-hmm. And so I recognized a big growth area in my life when I opened the door and said, okay, that's yeah. wonderful. My house isn't perfectly clean. Mm-hmm. My bed isn't made. And my friends are going, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes you feel good. And it was probably yeah. already pretty nice. <laughs> like, that's what decent. Uh, I'm like, my house is a mess. And they're like, Then I'm like, am I OCD? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, keep going. Anyway, but yeah, used to, I mean, I have the perfect vacuum lines. I mean, if you popped over my house, like knocked on the door, Mm. I would not answer the door. That's funny. So I just, that's just a side thing that that I know that I've grown in that area. But self-aware. Yes. But knowing that, that I'm not going to be rejected Mm -hmm. if I go, hey, I suffer with this or I struggle with this or whatever. Um, It's freeing. Um, And I did struggle with that loneliness for a long time because the loneliness of the fear of rejection, the loneliness of already being single, Mm -hmm. but quite frankly, being single because when I'm in dating relationships, I'm not letting those people in Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And so I was single and lonely on some level because I chose to be that. Mm. Yeah. Um, because I refused to let people in. And Marcy even said one day while I was, this was during a dating relationship. Cause I'm, you know, I'm like, I got to guard my heart, you know, wow. I guard my heart, I guard my mind. And she's like, yeah, there's a difference between guarding. And the great analogy that she gave me was the, um, the tomb of the unknown soldier. So it's guarded, but people can still see 
the tomb. Mm. On the flip side of that, you remember there was the, the, the wall that separated Germany. Mm. That was a wall. You couldn't see Mm-mm. anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so she said, no, you're not guarding your heart. You got, an you got a wall. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And so I'm like, oh. That's really good. Now, side note, that relationship didn't happen. But um, the principle still applies. (laughs) Yes, the principle definitely still applies. And so I think with opening myself up and being more open, probably the main area of healing happened, quite frankly, through friends who tell me the truth and Mm -hmm. through counseling and really understanding why I was like that. And once I understood that, oh, I fear rejection, Mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, okay, well, let me try. Okay, so I mean, again, letting people in and going... Okay. It kind of helped you know what you were battling. Like you could put a name mm, to it. Yes. You put a name to the, the enemy or the, the wall. Rejection. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes. Calling it out. Yeah. Yes. Because. Because you can't conquer something you haven't called out. Yeah. So. Exactly. Right. She said it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, there was, used to be a cartoon. I think it was G.I. Joe, like knowing is half the battle. Ooh, we're yeah. going back now. <laughs> no, G.I. nobody. You <laughs> well, just gonna... quoted G.I. Joe on the messy tape. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? I have to hear it again. Uh, she I was think just it focused was like, on the G.I. Joe. Now we know and knowing is half the battle. Yeah, really? I think that Go, was G.I. Joe. Well, it's true that self-awareness Go is G.I. the key to all yeah. growth, which is what we yes, say. So. The first step in, in. Now we know. Yeah. The first step. <laughs> development of self-awareness. Uh, I feel like it was at the end of one of those cartoons. I one of them. I didn't watch G.I. Joe. You know what? <laughs> or He-Man or somebody. But you got a great point out of it, whatever it was. <laughs> and it stuck all these years. That's amazing. Oh, Here's some things I want you guys to know. Mm-hmm. One, if you are out there and you are struggling, you're single like I am and you're struggling with loneliness, know that you are not by yourself. Mm. And so on some level, when people used to tell me that it didn't help. So in this moment, that may not be helping you. Mm -hmm. But my challenge for you that are listening is let somebody in, especially if you were a victim of child abuse, you have that natural bend towards being reclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, You have a natural bend because we had to hold these secrets as a child. It is kind of this natural Mm. Uh, thing to hold people at arm's length to not let people in. Mm-hmm. And so I would challenge those that are listening to, it's going to be painful to let people in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be painful. It is going to be messy. Um, it is going to be awful. But on the other side of it, there will be so much freedom mm-hmm. um, in the same way as when we work out. You know, we have this goal it's awful. Like leg pain is terrible. <laughs> but I only run for punishment. <laughs> but it, there's just so much freedom mm-hmm. in letting people in. If you haven't, if you don't have a counselor, get yourself a good Bible believing Christian counselor. Yeah. And a little practical nugget. If you're wondering, like, how do I find mm. a practical, wonderful counselor? Call your local life church location. Yes. If you are in an area where you go to life church. Mm-hmm. Yes. If not, yes. of course, there are some amazing counselors all over. And even yeah. right now, still, even though we're kind of, I don't want to say coming out of COVID because I know it's still a thing, but mm-hmm. I've heard of a lot of people doing online remote appointments. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, you know, there are options. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh. Little side note. Yeah, yes. that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And don't try to let everybody into everything all at once because that's, that's not good. realistic. Mm-hmm. But find that one small thing that you haven't shared with someone and share that one small thing. And as you share that one small thing, guess what? You'll be able to share two small things. And then next thing you know, you're sharing everything. And once you share it, there's just there's so much freedom in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Also, share those things with God in your prayer time. Mm-hmm. Like at least if you can hear them come out of your mouth, it'll help motivate you to share with a human being yeah. once you've just, yeah. just, yeah. just speak, it speak it to God. Or if you're yeah. like, he knows. I'm more of a journaler. So mm. if you feel more Journaling. comfortable writing yes. it down, write it, just get it out. Yeah. Yes. Get it out. Just get it out. Mm-hmm. And once you're able to share it with God and with a counselor, then find that trusted friend that can walk with you and then give them the permission to, to cry with you, to be angry with you, yeah. but to also not leave you where you are mm-hmm. and to also push you and mm-hmm. challenge you and call you out 
when you have those moments of regression. Yeah. yeah. One thing I love that I hear you saying is it doesn't always have to be like this. Mm, no. You can't, yeah. like, through the power of the Holy Spirit, yeah. he can bring freedom. Oh, absolutely. God can, yes, God can absolutely bring freedom. You're not stuck For there. For years, oh my gosh, for years, I was well in the ministry. When I moved to Rio Rancho, mm-hmm. I moved to a different state completely by myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I was very lonely because every at that point, everybody on the team was married. And so you feel like you don't yeah. fit in. And so it's like everything's, oh, couples. And you got to right. go to another Even baby shower. Even though you shower. love them. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Yes. A baby shower every weekend and a, oh, and a wedding shower. And you're scrolling through Facebook. And every you know it feels like everybody's married or everybody has a baby. Well, I got some news for you guys. Um, I pulled up some single stats. Right. So for those of you that are super practical, when I say you're not alone, I have the stats to back it up. 63% of U.S. residents 18 years and older have never been married. Really? 63%. Wow. So while it looks like and it feels like and the enemy is telling you that everybody's married but you, a majority of the people in America have never been married. Hmm. So, ladies, I just... Gets us fueling our fire. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So yeah, you are legitimately not alone. And again, for those of you that are statisticians, statisticians, sure, statisticians. That's it. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Yeah, yeah. Look those, look those stats up first. Of 28 percent of people in the U.S. live alone. Mm-hmm. A 25 percent of churchgoers are single. And we recently actually looked up stats for our staff and. I think it was 26% of our life church staff is single. Hmm. So again, we're not alone. Not at all. um, At all. And Mm -hmm. so again, knowing who we are in Christ, but also on a practical level, understanding it's normal. Mm -hmm. It's fine. We Mm -hmm. can be single. And the main thing I wanted to tell people is for years I had people like, you're in ministry, you should be married and you should have two or three kids Mm -hmm. and you should. And so... I took like other people's opinions of what my life should sure. be should, yeah. Yeah. and thought, oh, well, and then Something's it made wrong. me feel worse because yeah. I'm trying to live up to who I'm thinking everybody else says I should be. Yeah. But number one, I need to be who God says I am. Yes. But number two is, and I wrote this down because my counselor actually said this to me and he said, don't let someone else's opinion drive your decisions. And I'm going to say that again. Don't let someone else's opinion drive your decisions. Hmm. Good. Man, so, that's universal good. too. Like yeah. insert any topic yeah. into the fill in the blank. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whether it be our moms, mm-hmm. our grandmothers, our cousins, our nieces and nephews, our friends. People have beautiful hearts. Sure. They're, they're well-meaning. But sometimes people don't realize like it hurts. Yeah. And those those kind of off the cuff statements that we say oh you only have one child making it seem yes. like something's wrong yes exactly when it's yes. like no it's just different than yeah. your yes. situation exactly yeah mm-hmm. it's different and now i sit here i am 46 years old mm-hmm. i am single and i love my life. yes mm-hmm. like awesome. now do i have those moments of loneliness absolutely like the holidays tend to be a little um hard but that doesn't mean i want to go spend the holidays with a random family right but it's just like oh it's a little more in my face but what do we know about those hard seasons? They mm-hmm. draw us closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I'm thankful for those hard seasons. Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm just so encouraged as we listen to your perspective for your heart and just a love for God that is contagious. And I, I do wish that this was a video uh, recording because if you could just see how Deidre is glowing <laughs> and how she tears up when she talks about mm-hmm. God, it is that smile. It is so amazing. But it didn't happen in the easies of mm. life. It happened in the trenches and the difficulties, I know for sure. And, and in those fastings, which I'm so glad you highlighted. Deidre, we've heard some incredible things from you, and we're only getting just the tip of everything, just that you went through abuse as a, a young baby child and the abandonment, but you touching on loneliness and rejection and holding people at arm's length. That is absolutely something that everybody mm-hmm, relates mm-hmm. to. I think we all have areas where we need to say, Holy Spirit, please reveal the walls. Mm-hmm. I know in, a couple of years ago, he revealed to me there were ways that I mm-hmm. was holding myself back and had up walls. 
even if I don't understand where that is coming from in my past, we have that. We fear rejection. We want to be liked in a Mm, world full of people mm -hmm. with every opinion out there possible. (laughs) And so would you just leave us with a final word of encouragement that just speaks into this, speaks into this life of freedom that you're talking about? Man, I would start small. Um, would be what I would say. Okay. Um, and we can't forget that Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Yes. And those things that we've even held back in our prayer time, mm. open up about those things. Because our Father, He knows of course, right? anyway. Yeah. But sometimes He wants us to admit yeah. what's yes. in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And that, that, man, that's where the freedom is. Even when I mess up, and, and I know God knows but I don't even want to say, it. okay, God, I lied today. <laughs> and it just hurts me to say it. Mm-hmm. And I know he knows, but it's just, I got to say it, you know. Again, saying those things, if maybe your way to communicate with God is through journaling, do that. Mm-hmm. If your way to communicate with God is through song, just sing to him. Let it out. Yeah. Just <laughs> let it out. Get it out. Because there's more room out than there is in. Mm-hmm. Um, when good. you're holding those things in, those secrets and that wall, that emotional wall that we've built ends up holding us captive. Right. Yeah. And so then we become a prisoner in our own life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what I would say. And I don't know if I can say this, but like, if you want to, you're welcome to call me because I've walked down this road Mm -hmm. and uh, I can give you greater details about how you can take those steps to find freedom. God wants us to live that abundant life Mm -hmm. and being a prisoner to our secrets and all of those things. It is not, it's not an Mm -hmm. abundant life, right? but trusting those people that we have around us. And quite frankly, even now, I have to be really intentional about, like, of course, I share with my accountability partners and share my life group, but I have to be really intentional about just being open about my flaws with just people in general. Oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. guys, Mm. man, I failed or. That's a good word, though, that you have to be intentional about Mm -hmm. it. It's kind of like the beginning. We were kind of talking about this conversation of race in our society Mm -hmm. and culture and what to do about it. And I think it's like we can't just be passive. Like we Mm -hmm. have to be intentional to act, to do justice, to love mercy. Otherwise, it's it's not going to happen. Yes. And one thing that you said that made me that uh, brought a thought to my mind was just as married people have to be intentional about their marriage relationships, we as single people have to be intentional about our relationships yes. with our sisters and our brothers. That's great. Um, we've got to work on those relationships. Mm-hmm. We've got to be intentional about, again, letting people in to the messy side or whatever that doesn't look great because the more you do it, the more comfortable mm. yes. that you get with it, the easier it is. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes, yeah. the more freedom you will experience mm. from letting people in. That's, That's great. great. There's one last thing. Um, if you've been struggling with this for a long time, here's what Deuteronomy 2.3 says. You've been circling this mountain long enough. It's time to go north. Preach. That's good verse. Deidre, listening, I've been brought to tears Mm -hmm. and you're just being so open and real and vulnerable. And I know that 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 came through your journey. We thank you so much for sharing your story. You're so dear and near to my heart. I think we all want to draw closer to God because of hearing you. And and we want to draw closer to our our community and be a better friend and, Mm -hmm. and open up more to those that God's placed in our life and even look for ways to develop new relationships. So you've placed that, you know, hunger in me. And I just thank you for being here and sharing with us today. Yes. Aww. Thank you, Deidre. You are amazing. Oh, so, so thankful for you guys. Well, one thing I just had to scribble down was when Deidre said, I basically turned my back on God and still he chased me. So I want you to remember, no matter your past or your present or how you've possibly been ignoring God, or maybe you intentionally slapped him in the face yesterday. He is still chasing you and he's still pursuing you and is crazy about you. No, grace doesn't really make sense, but that is the beautiful truth about his upside down ways. I love in Joel chapter two, that is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there's still time. Give me your hearts. 
come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord, for He is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. It truly is baffling, but we can turn to Him even now. Yes, while there's still time. Guys, as always, you can find all of the resources mentioned in the conversation notes. And if you haven't already, the very best way to know when a new episode's coming is to simply subscribe for free wherever you like to stream, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and join us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. We also love to know how these stories are impacting you. And last but not least, you can click the link that takes you to our site and sign up to join our very low-key email list, but you'll be the first to know what's going on. So, friend, we are so very thankful for you. Not just you, like the collective you, but you who's listening to this episode at this very moment. God has not forgotten you, and He is at work in your mess.